Morning, brothers and sisters. This is Brother Joe. And I'm so happy that you joined me for Wednesday Bible study. You know, I want to share a story about a young girl who went to school with my sons. And she was skiing with her friends up in the mountains and she had a, a, a bad accident. She went up a, a little embankment about this high and she fell and she couldn't, um, she couldn't move. And all of her friends thought that she was just being the drama queen that apparently she was back then. Very beautiful girl. Um, she sometimes was called the mean girl. And I don't know if you know what that term means, but apparently there was a movie about a mean girl and she was very pretty and she was very puffed up with pride. She would say mean things to other people or she thought she was better than everyone else. And so uh, this happened, this incident happened about uh, at least 15 years ago, about that. And I was talking to a, a gentleman yesterday who was present at that time. And he said that he still knows her. Uh, she still can't walk, but her life has changed. She's no longer a mean girl. She's a nice girl. And she went to USC, she got her degree, and she has a fiance, she's going to get married. It's a changed person, brothers and sisters. And this goes on the lines of, we need to praise God for all things, all things that happen in our lives. Every day we need to praise the Lord and Savior Jesus, Yeshua. Nothing happens in this world that God's hand is is in on it or God allows to happen. Do you understand? He is in total control. And if he loves somebody enough to inflict them with pain and suffering, but not take their life, but to bring them to salvation is a blessing. Many times people think a curse is a curse, but sometimes a curse can become a blessing. And we'll read about that today. So if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Daniel, chapter 4. And what we're looking at is King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar here gets puffed up with pride. And God puts him in his place. Now let me set the stage. He gets puffed up with pride and he starts bragging about the empire that he built. But God is the one that put him in power. God is one that, that had him in charge of everything. And he didn't give glory to God. He started taking glory for himself. So let me just explain what happens to Nebuchadnezzar. For seven years, God inflicts Nebuchadnezzar with mental disorder. He makes him insane. He lives outside of the kingdom. He lives on the grass. He has no home, no shelter. And he eats the grass. 
And he's, his nails grow very long like insane people do. His hair grows very long. He doesn't care about himself anymore. He, his mental capacity is diminished. But after seven years, somehow the Lord, with the Lord's power, reinstates his mental capability to understand that God Almighty is God and is Lord of the universe and the earth and everything that it was created. And so we'll pick it up in verse 34. And at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? Brothers and sisters, we cannot question God Almighty. Remember, we are the clay and he's the potter. And if he wants you to have an accident and you're crippled, you don't ask him why. You ask yourself why. What have I been doing? Why am I being chastened like this? And then make the proper changes, brothers and sisters, to come back to the Lord or come to the Lord, whichever case it is, before it's too late, brothers and sisters. He wants 100% from you. Repentance is not with the lips. You can't repent with the lips. It's action. It's deed. It's making proper changes in your life to give your Lord and Savior all of you, to love him with all your heart, soul, and mind, is to give him 100%. Now, he knows that you're going to make mistakes. He knows you're going to sin. No one walked the earth perfect without sin but Jesus, Yeshua. And he knows that. But he doesn't want you to hold back that one particular sin that you like to do. It's unacceptable to him. You understand? Now let's turn to the book of 1 John, chapter 5, reading verse 16. If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin, which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. Now this is a difficult verse to understand, but through the power and mighty Holy Spirit, I'm gonna give you the true understanding of this verse, okay? Now nobody can forgive sins, but God Almighty. So it doesn't mean that. And to get a better understanding, we have to turn to another passage that is a parallel to this. So turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 5 
and we'll start reading verse 1. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man has his father's wife. Now what this means is, is there somebody in the church who's having sex with a stepmother? All right? His husband's wife, not his mom, not his biological mother, but his dad's wife. I'm reading from verse 4. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together all with one spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Now what the Holy Word of God is saying to the church is if you know there's someone in the church that is perpetually sinning immorally like this young man having sex with his stepmother to cast him out of the church so that Satan can inflict him with pain and suffering as that young girl had to go through, as Nebuchadnezzar had to go through but it's to save their life, to wake them up because they won't listen to the words of the prophets or the ministers of God or the Bible to change 100%. You see, it's out of love. There's a term for it, tough love, right? I knew a guy very close to me. Back in the day, he used to um, deal drugs. And he lived at his mother's house. His dad had died. And so his brothers and his mother got together and said, we have to do something. They're all born again Christians. We have to cast them out of the house. And they told me. And I said, how can you do that? How can you do that? What's going to happen to him? Well, what do you think happened to him? He got arrested. He went to jail. He had bad experiences in jail, brothers and sisters. But you know what? He became a born-again Christian. He changed his life. Now, before he went, he was a believer in God and Jesus. He was raised a Christian. But he wasn't living the right life, brothers and sisters. No. You understand? So God inflicted him with pain and suffering in jail. What? To bring him to salvation. To bring him close to God. When you go through trials, brothers and sisters, it's to bring you closer to God. And that's what we all want to be, is close to God. Amen? Amen. So what? going back to this other verse real quickly... If you see your brother sinning, right? Perpetually in a particular area. It's usually one area, brothers and sisters, that people just don't want to give all to God. 
You can pray for life. And what that means is the Lord will inflict that person to bring them to Christ. You understand? The pain and suffering. It's a tough prayer to pray. You have to have a lot of love for that person because it's not about vengeance, not at all. Let's say that you had, had a wife that committed adultery and God revealed it to you who the person was. That your wife was having sex with. And so you sit down with your wife and you say, you need to block this person out of your life. Block them from phoning you, calling you. Block them from texting you. Block them from emailing you. Completely block this person out of your life. But then you find that they refuse. They don't. What can you do? All you can do is pray for life. You understand? Remember, there's a tree that doesn't bear fruit for three years. And Jesus is the owner of the tree and he tells the pastor, cut it down, burn it. Pastor says, no, no, he pleads with the Lord Jesus. Let me fertilize it and water it for a year. Then if it doesn't, cut it down, do as you will. Right? So God is long-suffering. That means he's patient for someone to change. But if they don't take that time, that opportunity to change, he will cut it out because that person is taking up space on his land, earth. That's what the word says. And he can replace it with a baby and he will. So don't wait, brothers and sisters, to, to change and give him 100%. And the next passage is right on lines of what I just said. So please turn to the book of Luke, chapter 12, verse 58 and 59. When you go with your adversary to, to the magistrate, make every effort along the way to settle with him, lest he drag you to the judge, and the judge deliver you to the officers, and the officers throw you into prison. I tell you, and this is Jesus talking, you shall not depart from there till you have paid the very last might. Now this is a metaphor. The judge is judgment day. Okay? And he's telling you here, do not wait to the last minute to make up for what you have done. Make those proper changes in your life. Delete people out of your life that cause you to sin. Get rid of the computer if it causes you to sin. Remember, he says, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Better to go to heaven with one eye than to go to hell with two. He uses that horrible example to show you how important it is, brothers and sisters, to, to get away from any sin that keeps you from salvation. 
that keeps you from being united with our Lord and Savior, Jesus, Yeshua. Because remember, the Lord says to us, Jesus says in Luke, unless you repent, you shall all perish. That's as period point blank as you can get. You have to repent. Repent is to change from your sinful ways, to turn from your sinful ways, and you can't do it with your lips. You have to do it with action, with deed, with proper changes in your life, brothers and sisters. So don't wait. Don't wait. And don't wait till you get this horrible chastening. If you change already, like most of you have, I know most of you are born again Christians. Keep that, that faith and that walk with Jesus. Keep pressing forward, bettering yourself. Remember, we always need to get better to get close with God. So continue to better yourself. And you will with the power of the Holy Spirit. He has power over Satan. He has power over the devil and everything in the world. And whenever the devil tempts you, you rebuke him in Jesus, Yeshua's name, and he will flee because he cannot stand the name Jesus. Amen? Amen. And now, lastly, I just want to point out that so many people have a misconception of what Jesus looks like, what he's like. They visualize this old, meek man on a mule, on a donkey, going to to die for your sins and mine, which he did. He did come in a humble human body, meek, and suffered for you and me. But that's not him. That's not him in his glory. First, I'm gonna show you an angel in Revelation. Turn to Revelation. Chapter 10, verse 1. I saw still another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was on his head, and his face was like the sun, and his feet like pillars of fire. Now, brothers and sisters, personally, through the Holy Spirit, I believe this is Gabriel, but this is not Jesus. And let me tell you, if Gabriel, any other angel looks like this, what do you think Jesus looks like? Let's look at the Holy Word of God. This will be the last passage that we read. It's in Revelation chapter 1, verse 14. Talking of Jesus. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace. And his voice was a sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. His countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Why? Remember, we need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Yes, 
When you see Jesus, when I see Jesus, I'm going to be laid down, face to the ground, trembling. Trembling. Because this is the Almighty Lord. Some people think they're going to dance for Him. Yeah? Because they're so proud that they're doing such a good job. Mm, not me. I will be planted. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys to hell and death. Two things I want to point out. First is what we just read. Jesus, Yeshua, has the keys to hell and death. No one dies unless he permits it or has it done. And no one goes to hell unless he says so. And the other thing I want to point out is, this is John, the one that he, he loved the most. That's what the Bible says. So John knows what Jesus looks like, right? He spent a lot of time learning from Jesus personally, personally. But here when he sees him in his glory, what does he do? He falls to the ground like he's dead. He trembles because he looks different. He is different. And that's the Jesus you're going to go see. So if you want to be in the presence of Jesus's glory, give yourself to him all 100%. So you can enjoy that glory and him tell you to get up, to call you his friend, to serve you some food at the wedding feast. Can you imagine? Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> it just gives me chills to think about it. Amen? Amen. So brothers and sisters, no matter what you're going through, you've got to praise Jesus. I knew this woman in Africa, her son died about 13 years old. I called her to give condolences. First words out of her mouth was praise Jesus, Brother Joe. About a year and a half later, she died. Her young son, about 20 years old, Joseph, I called him to give my condolences. First words out of his mouth. Praise Jesus, Brother Job. So no matter what you're going through, be like Job. And praise Jesus. Praise your Lord and Savior forever and ever.